Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the 12 cast. This is the second season, first episode. We're starting off a whole new season. We're super excited. Had a lot of conversations to get us to this place. And so now we're here. Uh, we have the podcast. We have the YouTube channel. Uh, we have these different uh, media channels that we're going to try to push this content out to and get this conversation rolling. So more and more of you can be part of this community we're trying to build that that's striving to prioritize 12 others, just like Jesus did. We want to see everyone in someone's 12. That's what this is about. And so we want to have conversations that encourage you, that equip you. And so this season, hopefully we'll have uh, a few more voices, uh, a few more topics that we get into and hear from people like you uh, about how it's going out there trying to be everyday ordinary missionaries. So today we're going to start off uh, with a topic that has come up uh, throughout our journey of, of just 12, throughout the different ways that we've uh, experienced this. And so today I have two guests with me, Scott Knollenberg. You'll recognize that name if you've come across the book, Just 12, uh, which Scott and I co-authored together. Uh, we, we had a lot of great conversations that led us to writing that together and now continuing to, to have conversations uh, around how we implement that and the implications of doing this thing of, prioritizing 12 other people like Jesus did, trying to love them. And so Scott uh, helps, he runs a nonprofit, he volunteers as a pastor at a church. Uh, and so he is what you call, some might call bivocational, doing doing these two things and trying to make those work together. Uh, and it's great to see him still plugged into community, both as a pastor and helping this not-for-profit in his, in his own community. Uh, and so we're excited to, to have Scott join this conversation. And then Chloe Knollenberg, same last name. They are related. Yes, they are related. Uh, and and Chloe, Chloe has been around uh, what we call church uh, for as long about anybody could. For somebody that's at her age, she's she's grown up in the church. I've known her for a long time. Scott's obviously known her for her whole life. And so, <laughs> um, so, but what what Chloe brings, she has that church experience. She has this experience of uh, being a being a part of church ministry, uh, helping lead different church ministries being a leader for elementary and, and middle school students. And now she's at college studying to be a teacher. And she really gives Scott and I a, a perspective that helps challenge us to think about not just the ways we've always thought about it, but how to think about the future, the present and the future and how this stuff lands, uh, not just with people like Scott and I who, who've kind of been immersed in um, uh, what maybe I'll call old ways of thinking. And, and we'll get to that in, in a second, <laughs> but, but ways of, of interacting and thinking about what church is because the conversation for Scott and Chloe and I uh, over the past couple of weeks has been, boy, it seems like we keep having questions and conversations with people that have either been a part of church and, and now are trying to do this, this just 12 thing and saying like, well, how do these things fit together? Or people have been a part of church and are kind of going, well, wait a second. Are you saying we don't need church? We're not supposed to do church this way. We're doing church wrong. Or people who are doing just 12 and have been disconnected from the church and are saying, do I need to keep going? And so there's all these questions about how does the church and discipleship, how do these things relate to each other? Does the church define discipleship? Does discipleship define the church? What is this relationship they have? And, and really, the reality is that conversation uh, has gotten pretty tangled, has gotten pretty messy. Uh, Scott and I had this conversation years ago about him being off at a at a discipleship uh, conference that was the title was discipleship. I won't steal the story, but like hearing lots of different definitions. And so there's so many different de definitions. What is discipleship? 
What are the marks of a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to a disciple maker? All these kind of things. So we're going to discuss that today. We're going to have some conversation, banter a little bit, talk back and forth. Hopefully it's conversation you are familiar with in some way and connect with it in some way. So let's get started. Uh, I just talked really fast and said lots of things. So uh, I'll say a few more things to get us kicked off. So let's talk a little bit about what, if you look back five years, 10 years, maybe 15 or, or Scott, maybe longer than that for you. Um, you know, when we look back, uh, what were some of the, the definitions of discipleship that you used to have or that you had uh, early on in, in following Jesus or, or, you know, a couple years back? What were some of those ideas about where, where, what discipleship was and, and what was supporting those ideas? Where were those ideas coming from? Either one of you go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go first. I think for me, it's definitely, uh, it's been a journey. Um, if you were to ask me that question, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, um, you know, how, how do you do the Great Commission? Um, I think I think I would have said, you know, I, I would look at like outcome measures like church attendance or church planting. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I think for me, as uh, as we all talk about a lot here, as America continues to decline spiritually, uh, I, I knew something was broken. Like, so, okay, some mm-hmm. something's not something's not working. Like, we continue to be in this massive spiritual decline in this nation. Meanwhile, other nations are just killing it, mm-hmm. uh, spreading Christianity like early church wildfire. So that that was the point where I was like, you know, something something something's not adding up. Something's not correlating. And, you know, and then I kind of went through this kind of a few year journey of, okay, uh, what does that parachurch model look like with different type of programming, uh, different ways to meet people and, uh, uh, you know, went through that for for a while, tried to do different events, just how do you outreach, kind of this whole smorgasbord of different ways to try to reach people, how to make disciples, just a whole smorgasbord. In fact, Jake, yeah, you mentioned this. We mentioned it in the book that I went to a discipleship conference uh, probably a decade ago, and I literally heard probably 30, 40 different definitions. Like everyone has a different definition of what discipleship is. Everyone agrees we have a problem in this nation spiritually. Um, but nobody agrees on the solution, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, as we went down this path and this journey, and now I'm kind of coming back to, well, how did Jesus do it? <laughs> um, probably should have asked that 20 years ago, but um, yeah. of just like his, his, his method of, you know, prioritizing and unconditionally loving 12, just 12 others, just 12, just a handful of people. And he 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 could have done anything, right? He he could have been an amazing church planter, built a gigantic church, been a church network uh, uh, planter of some sorts. No, no, he just simply poured his life and unconditionally twelve others as his main kind of earthly human ministry, and and that. Yeah. That's been my journey for the last 15, yeah. 20 years to come to this point of, hmm, maybe it's just a more of a simple 
but sustainable method that other nations and other countries we can learn from and kind of get back to the simple ways that Jesus both modeled and mandated. Yeah. So you said a couple things in there that I just want to clarify for a few people. You said Great Commission, and not everybody might not everybody might know that Great Commission is uh, it's Matthew uh, chapter twenty eight, so Book of Matthew chapter twenty eight, end of the end of this narrative about Jesus. Jesus gives this last we call it the mandate, right? It's the Jesus mandate. He gives these last words and says, "Go and make disciples of all nations." And that that phrasing and those verses are are contested by a lot of people. It means this. It means that. Yep. It means this. Uh, and that's what you're talking about. That journey that you've been on um, has has really, uh, w- and we've been on a similar journey, Scott, where we, we're saying, hey, wait a second. It seems like we're, and maybe you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this, or this is just an idea I was really wrestling with today, how to how to express this. It's, it's, like, it's like what happened over the years was that there was early success. I was thinking about the, 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 the parable that Jesus gives hmm. of, uh, of the sower of the seed. Right, the, the sower goes out and he, sees, he throws seed everywhere. It lands on the path. It lands in some <laughs> dirt over here. It lands in some not so good dirt. It lands on some really good dirt. The really good dirt multiplies, you know, 10, 30, 100 times full. And I was thinking about that, how um, for, for us, I, I think there's a part of those who have been a part of a church that when we see, when we cast a lot of seed out and we see early growth, we see early success. We see the sprouting of things happening. It's almost like when we see that early growth, we're like, "Look, it's successful. Mm. It's really good. Look well, how many. Look how much we're, we're going to have." And it, and then we start um, saying, "Well, that's how you do it. This this is where it's all at." Like and so that early success, I mm. think, has led us to say, "Well, let's reproduce that. Let's let's make that into a system. Let's let's make that into a." a, a a program or an event or whatever it might be. Cause we see this success that's early or even maybe late success. That's like right before the harvest, like look how much things have grown, mm. but there's no fruit yet. Right. There's no harvest yet. We don't actually see it yet. And it's like, we, we celebrate those early wins that should maybe be celebrated, but not to this degree. And I think this is a human condition. I want to say this is a human condition where we see, we see early success before the true outcomes that we maybe we're meant to measure that maybe we're going to take a lot longer. And I heard you talk about this, like the slower, the simpler. Um, and we say, okay, let's do it. Th- like, look, we're doing it right. And it's like, well, no, we're not even at the harvest yet. So anyway, I'm yeah. just going to throw that out there. Cause I was, I was contemplating that today and just was really like, what causes this? So um, just to throw that into the, the mix of our conversation, um, Chloe, how about, how about for you? Like what, what was some of your experience with, how you understood discipleship and what it was supposed to look like or, or how you thought it was, where was that coming from for you? Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned like five to 10 years ago. So I mean, like, you know, I'm young, I'm 19. So I mean, for 10 years ago for me, that was like back in the elementary age. So I think at that time, like growing up in the church, we never really, I don't think I ever got a clear cut definition on what discipleship actually was. I think too, and to some extent I can understand that because talking about that conceptual idea can be very confusing and maybe even a little bit abstract to kids so we needed to put it in terms that were very plain and simple to understand for kids so that meant bring friends to church that was always Mm -hmm. the thing that was encouraged it was there was so much heavy emphasis on um programming and even as i got into like um you know into middle school and everything like uh getting plugged into youth groups and you know other youth programs the retreats mission trips all that kind of stuff like it was very heavily focused on 
programming. And kind of what we're seeing now is that um, I think back, and I say back in the day, I really mean like, you know, not even Tuesday. that many years ago, <laughs> but it was rather easy to get people to church because I think when we saw that it was just kind of the common narrative in America, like, hey, mm. you go to church on Sunday. It, it was very easy to bring friends to church or be like, hey, you know, you should come check out like my small group or my Sunday school class or whatever that might be. It was a very easy sell. Well, now we're kind of in an era where, you know, the people my age, like we're sort of seeing like this deconstructionist movement where people mm. are um, so turned off by church for, for a variety of reasons. And that goes not just for um, maybe some of more like the traditional not, uh, denominations, but now I'm even seeing it for like um, more contemporary non-denominational churches where it does seem like, you know, people are getting a little fed up with how, um, how production like it is, you know, so we are seeing a lot of frustrations for a variety of reasons, which has made the whole, you know, it's been kind of ingrained in us since youth, like, hey, invite friends to church. And we're just seeing that that is not working anymore. I've seen a ton of my friends who are, you know, they're still in high school and like they try to invite people, they try to get people plugged in and it's just not working. Mm -hmm. So that kind of made me wonder, well, you know, so really what is discipleship then if it's not just inviting people to these events, getting them plugged in 